This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at LeBanks St. Sampson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. Becoming more and more Christ-like. When Jesus spoke to his disciples, he says, come and follow me. In other words, be like me. And that's really what God's goal and destiny for us, is to be like Jesus. Really, that's, that's our portion, really, is to be like Jesus. To be kind like Jesus. To be compassionate like Jesus. Jesus, to be bold and fearless like Jesus, to be merciful like Jesus, and so forth, so forth, so forth, so forth. The thing that stops transformation in us are strongholds of our mind, the way we think. These strongholds, these things that have a grip on our minds that prevent us from becoming more like Jesus. There's a verse, I think it's in Romans, that says, Being renewed in the spirit of your mind. In other words, it's saying all the strongholds, all the, the, the reactions in adversity through experiences that have been structured in our minds that is contrary to the character of Jesus, our mind needs to be renewed. So when you change the way you think, you become more and more like Jesus. In other words, we kind of identify those strongholds in our mind and we identify them and we pull those strongholds down so we become more and more Christ-like, more and more like Jesus. Now, notice what he says here in Romans, in Corinthians 10, he says, he says, basically, he says, taking thought, taking captive every thought. So, and actually that word captive there is a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, a kind of military term. It's a militant thing. It's saying that we take thought to obedience to Christ so we don't allow thoughts that are contrary to the character of Christ, thoughts that are contrary to the word of God, we don't allow them to take up residence in our minds. Because once you allow those thoughts in, they multiply. We notice that. You think about this. Ever had a kind of worrying thought? And the more you allow that worrying thought in, how many found it kind of multiplies? It doesn't just stop as one thought. How many found that? It multiplies. So you start off with one kind of little thought, and before you know where you are, you're worrying about everything. You know, everything suddenly just multiplies and grows. And the thing about thoughts, they multiply according to their so worrying thoughts multiply uh, anxious thoughts multiply whatever the thought is that once we allow them into our mind they begin to multiply and that's why the Bible says we take every thought captive 
because we don't want to allow those thoughts to multiply and find acceptance in our mind because the moment they do, and we're going to go on, we're going to develop this one, they become a stronghold. What's a stronghold? It's something that holds us strongly. It's this picture, something is so, has got such a grip of you, you can't seem to break free of it. And it all really begins often with the seed of a thought. Have ever been gripped by a fear? You know, fear really is the, is the enemy's biggest weapon against us. Where does fear begin? It begins with what a thought that we've allowed to take, that we've dwelt on, that we've thought on, and begins to multiply and grow. And so Jesus says, take every thought captive. Now, let, let me give you a definition of a stronghold. Okay, here is, here is a, a definition. Let me give you some definitions of a stronghold. He says, a stronghold is a spiritual reality that is made up of agreeing with certain things that are lies of the enemy. And we find ourselves trapped in them and we live in the reality of that lie. Okay? A str- another thing, a stronghold of the mind is based on a lie that Satan has established in our thinking. A statement we count as true, but actually has, is actually false. Now, how do you realise the devil is subtle? You know, it's not obvious. If it was obvious, we'd deal with it. But often the enemy comes at us with thoughts that are, that are subtle. They are subtle thoughts, subtle things. But here's the point, that after a time, what is actually the enemy's lie, we begin to believe it to the point we believe it as a truth. We can see that. It becomes a truth. A stronghold is, is a truth. A strong, here's thing. A stronghold are characterised by happy, habit patterns of thought that exist in the area of our soul, our mind and emotions. And they have the ability to influence the negative thought patterns of our lives. So basically a stronghold is, 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 it becomes a habit. It becomes a habit. Strongholds are habitual lies that we've embraced in the core of our inner being and they become a, a, a fortress of thought that influence the way we respond to the truth about God's character within us. In other words, we respond to certain things. And we don't know why we respond the way that we do to certain things. Sometimes there are certain aspects of God's character. And we find it very hard, for example, maybe to respond to God's father heart or God's, God's love because of, of a, because of a stronghold of thought that resists the thoughts of truth that God wants to pour into our lives. It's also a, it's negative forces that secure a place that influence our mind, our will, and our emotions. In other words, a stronghold of something that influences your will. It influences your emotions. For example, a fearful, when you think a, a fearful thought isn't just a thought, it affects your emotion. Is that true? You feel the emotions of that. You feel the emotions of that thought. It isn't just something right in there. A thought begins to begin to affect your feelings. It affects your emotions. It affects the way you respond to certain things. You don't know why you respond to a certain thing the way that you do, but it's a stronghold there that causes you to respond that 
prevents you having the ability to deal with something the way that you know you should deal with something. You may be thinking, I know I should be fearful about that, but I don't know why I'm fearful about it. Because there's this stronghold that's there. It kind of poisons our emotions and it poisons our thoughts. This is the result of of strongholds. It blocks us from receiving and giving love. It shapes our value systems. It distorts our priorities of life. It causes us to draw negative conclusions regarding how we relate to people. And the ultimate reality of that is it causes us to do the things that we don't want to do. We don't want to respond in fear. We don't want to respond with anger, maybe. We don't want to respond with fear and worry and anxiety. But the way that the stronghold, the way that our minds are thinking, actually influences how we respond often to crises in life. We have to worry about a crisis of life. And it's not when things are going well that we discover what that stronghold is. It's often when the pressure, when the crisis comes... And that response comes out of us. Why am I responding with such fear? Why am I responding with unbelief, for example? Because this stronghold of the mind that's affecting our response to situations in life. So here's the point. So, when a, so basically when we dwell upon feelings of fear, insecurity, unbelief, doubt, Bitterness, criticism, a stronghold begins to be built up. In other words, if you believe a lie long enough, it becomes a truth to you. You see that? That when I believe a lie long enough, it becomes a truth to us. So here's the first thing. A stronghold comes literally by accepting a lying thought from the enemy thinking on that thought dwelling on that thought so it gets down into your heart gets down into your thought life gets down into the core of your being and so it affects every part of your being I think strongholds can also come through the pains of life we often go through pains of life that leave scars I think that can turn into cycles of behavioural patterns In other words, we have wrong thinking because of the pains that have happened to us in life. There's been a rejection. May have been some form of abuse. May have been some form of betrayal. And out of that kind of hurt and pain, certain behavioural ways of thinking begin to be part of us. We kind of For example, if we've experienced deep rejection, we respond in our thinking by not really trusting people. Not allowing people to get too close to us. Or we may try to earn people's approval. We may struggle with insecurity. We may struggle with shame. And we kind of live with cycles of pain at the core of our being. Now you think about this. Do you know that that your soul is made up of your mind? It's made up of your will. 
It's made up of your personality. That's what kind of, that's what your being is made up of. But here's the point. That doesn't just make you as a person, because often the person that we become is based on how we respond and act to certain events. In other words, maybe if someone says something to you that you're not, you're not going to amount to very much, or you're not very smart, or you're not going to achieve anything, often what things that people say begin to have an impact on our lives. And if we begin to believe those things, and we come into agreement with those things, it begins to be something that we express and manifest in our life. So strongholds, number one, come from thoughts of the enemy. Number two, they come from the cycles of pain that sometimes we can experience in life that affects the way we think. I think the third way they can come is often in the environment that you grew up in. The way your parents were. The way your parents used to be. You know, that can have an, an effect on the way that you think. Let me give you an example. You know, my, both my parents, both of my mum and dad actually, both came from severe rejection of their own parents. Both my, both my mum and my dad were brought up by their grandparents. My mum's mum died when she was a baby and her dad rejected her. And she had really never saw her dad since she was a baby. My dad's mum was on the stage, believe it or not, and literally he was brought, and literally had very little to do with them, literally, and we, as we've read things later on, we found that literally she committed suicide at quite a, a young age. And so both my parents were brought up and had deep rejection. Now, they're amazing parents, but when I look back, I think of the way they thought often was, there's a lot of worry, a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear. They didn't really have too much ambition for me or for even for themselves. That was because of that environment. And, and I, I, I look back, I can see the, some of their thinking patterns began, I can see how I began thinking. And it, it took a work of Jesus more and more to begin to change the way that I was thinking because of the environment that I was in. And we can see that. Let me go back in there first. Actually, yeah, I can see some of the, my thinking patterns has been, I don't, you know, it's, it's almost this cycle that can affect us the way that we think. That's why we need to have a transformed and renewed mind and pull down the strongholds. I mean, you can see that. You know, I think something else is even the culture that we live in. Now, I've lived in different places. And if, if you've lived in different places, you know what you find? People often think differently. In different places. Is that true where they live? You go to different parts of the world, you'll find there's a different culture. Is that true? People think a different way. In Birmingham, we think a very, we used to think a very different way. You know. And, you know, if, if you've travelled different parts, it's a good way though. But if you go to parts of Africa or different parts of the world, different cultures, you'll find often they think completely differently in different ways. Because, and that's not necessarily bad or not necessarily good. But often we, people can pick up the, the, the culture, the, the way a, a particular culture thinks. The problem is that when we've grown up in it, we think it's natural or normal. And the strongholds that we've got to put down are, the, are the, those ways of thinking, the cultural ways of thinking that are different to the way the Word of God declares. You see that? And so we've got to kind of recognize 
certain things that, that actually that's not the way we should be. That's not the way we should think. That's not the way we should live. It says here in 2 Corinthians, bringing down every thought. A well-known guy called Jonathan Edwards said this, the idea and the images in man's mind are the invisible power that constantly govern him. He says, our thoughts, are, our thoughts constantly govern us. I don't think we, we really recognize how powerful thoughts are and how much they can govern our lives. You think about it, that everything you see visibly actually began with an invisible thought. Even maybe the cars that we drive. At one, at one time, they were a thought in someone's mind, weren't they? A design, a thought in someone's mind. The house you live, everything we see materially often began with somebody's thought. Something that was invisible began to take on visibility. And I think often the invisible world of thought needs to change in our lives. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so he is. That's how important it is. The way that you think will affect the way that you are. Your thoughts that govern you will affect the person that you become. I want you to get hold of that. That's the power of a thought. I become really what I'm truly thinking. I can't become holy if I'm thinking unholy thoughts. I can't become loving if I'm thinking unloving thoughts. I can't have peace if I'm thinking worrying thoughts. So what I think on affects the person I become. As a man thinketh, so he is. Think about this. If I'm thinking shameful thoughts, what kind of person am I going to become? If I'm constantly thinking negative thoughts, what do you think kind of person I'm going to become? If I'm thinking critical thoughts, what kind of person do you think I'm going to become? You see, as a man thinketh, I'm talking about thoughts that dominate, things that we're constantly thinking on. That's the kind of person, ultimately, that we will become. Therefore, pulling down strongholds. How does somebody become a stronghold? I thought I'd help you today with a bit of a... Wonder Peter, could I borrow your one... Could you just come forward just a moment? Could you help me, sir? Could you just come forward a sec? Could you just help me? Don't worry, I'm going to do anything yet. No, no, sir. Could you just hold that for me? That'd be fine. Here's the first thing. It starts off... Can you just point it there? Thank you so much. With, with, with a suggestion. So the enemy throws out a thought. It's a suggestion. Something that didn't come from you, something that didn't even occur to you. Maybe a thought that says you want to amount to anything. A thought that tells you that you're useless. A thought that tells you you're unlovable. A fearful thought. Something that would remind you of some offence. Something that that would remind you of, of some guilt. Now you can either reject that suggestion or you can agree with it and accept it. Now, if I agree and I receive 
and I begin to accept that suggestion, it then becomes a a mindset. Okay? So the first thing is the suggestion, and when I receive the suggestion, and I allow myself to dwell on that suggestion, and again the thoughts multiply, begin to grow, so what becomes, what starts off as a suggestion, after a period of time, and I'm constantly receiving those thoughts, they become a mindset. In other words, it becomes set in my mind. So worry isn't now just a worrying thought, it's now a habit. I worry continually and constantly because now it's a mindset, it's a habit in my life. A thoughts that were thoughts of insecurity now become mindsets of insecurity. They become a habitual, habitual way of living. I, I continually feel insecure. Everything, I feel insecure about everything because it's not just a thought now, it's a mindset. In my life, I had inferior thoughts. But I begin to dwell upon those inferior thoughts. Now, it's a mindset. I feel inferior. It becomes an habitual way I live my life. I live my life through a lifestyle of inferiority. It's become a reality. The thought has conformed the way I begin to live my life. I would describe it this way. A mindset is a yoke. You yoke yourself to it. You want to do this, but you can't do it because you're yoked to fear that hold you back. You want to witness to someone, but you feel yoked to this fear that kind of restricts you. And so, what were thoughts now become established thought patterns. I think one of the greatest hindrances to a move of God is a religious mindset. Think about Jesus. He healed. He did. You think about someone who's, who's when he, you know, you're seeing kind of arms grow. You're seeing the dead raised. You're seeing people having eye sockets, eyes put in their eye sockets. You're seeing, you know, lame walking. You're just seeing incredible miracle after miracle. Yet there's a, a religious mindset that says you can't do such things on a Sabbath. And because of that religious mindset, they rejected Jesus. He said, look, if you don't believe me, believe the works I'm doing, at least believe the works I'm doing. But because of a religious way of thinking... Jesus said, you missed the day of your visitation. And you'll find this. The history of the church has often been that individuals, whole bodies, whole churches have missed a move of God because of a religious mindset. We believe that God could only work in a certain way and do it in a certain way. And because of a religious mindset, we missed Days of visitation. And you'll find this. The, the last move of God often opposes the fresh move of God. Because people get caught up in religious mindsets. They hinder the move that God wants to do in their life. And so from a mindset, we then have a strong 
stronghold. Thank you. A stronghold. What does a stronghold do? It causes us to reason the wrong thoughts out. We reason it out. In other words, a stronghold now becomes a structure of your mind. It's it's, it's structured in your mind. And you begin to excuse what you're doing. You excuse it. You've got all kinds of excuses of why you are and why you do what you do. And so now, it's not just a thought, it's not just a mindset, it's a stronghold. What began as a thought of rejection, now you see yourself as a rejected person. You begin to live as an inferior person. You begin to live as as a timid person. And you begin to reason out your issues. You begin to reason it out and logically explain why you do what you do because it becomes a stronghold. You reason out your unbelief. Well, you begin to reason it out because it's a stronghold of unbelief. And so there's this incredible ability to reason out these things because what began as a thought, what developed in a mindset now has become a strong hold on your life. Okay, thanks, Pete. So here's the kind of good thing. How do we pull down a stronghold? Here's the great news. Jesus can pull them down. Isn't that right? Isn't that wonderful? We don't have to live under the power of strongholds of life, the influences of our parents, the influences of our culture, the influences of, of, of painful, hurtful experiences in life. We don't have to live under that power and that control. Isn't that wonderful? So how do we pull these strongholds down? Here's the first thing. And it's a powerful one. I think the first thing that has to come down is, listen to this, is pride. Someone said this, pride is the armour of hell. Pride, in other words, keeps us, keeps the faults. It allows it kind of keeps the things in place. It's the pride that keeps the strongholds in place. It shields the thoughts. It shields the, 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 the things. In other words, pride will never admit the things that are wrong in us. And so, really, if I'm to break down strongholds, the first thing that needs to really come down often is, is pride. That says, Lord, I realize there's wrong ways of thinking. The stronghold in me that I need to change. Lord, I allow you to begin the process of change. And I tell you what, it's going to take humility to do that because pride will fight it. Pride will protect it. Pride will, will, will protect these things in us. It will just protect it. Because the moment it's challenged, pride will protect it. And the first step into seeing strongholds broken down is to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Isn't it interesting? The God's, there's, there's only one thing actually in the Bible that God says he opposes. You know where it is? Pride. He says, I will, apo- I will oppose the pride, but I will give grace to the humble. He just loves the spirit. No matter how much we've messed up, how much we've failed, the one thing that God loves is this sense, God, I recognize I need your help. I recognize I've got wrong ways of thinking. I recognize there's a stronghold in me that has a grip on my life. 
that stops me being more like you. And I humble myself to you and ask you to change it. Amen. Here's the next thing. Identity. It's recognizing where we have been imprisoned by words. Recognizing what hurt me deeply and caused that stronghold to come. What caused it? How did it happen? What began? And begin to identify where that problem began to happen. And then say, Holy Spirit, show me the roots of that problem. Why am I so fearful? Why am I so angry? Why am I so bitter? Why is it? What's the root of that? We're not talking about the fruit of something. We're talking about the root of something. What caused it? Because the Bible says, even now the axe is laid to the what? The root. The thing that produced it. God's Holy Spirit is an axe that goes right into the root of that thing and begins to cut it and break it from our life. Why, where was the lie that came in? What's the lie? What's the lie that you've been believing? Maybe the lie that tells you you're worthless. The lie that tells you you're never going to value or make or become something amazing. The lie that's told you that you're not lovable. And it's recognizing, you know what, I've been believing a lie. I recognize that as a lie. It's a lie that the enemy has brought in. And I begin to recognize that lie. And I then begin to forgive those people that hurt me. Those people that said words that affected me and damaged me. I begin to release forgiveness. You know what you're doing when you're doing that? You're putting love back into the wound that's dented that area of your life. I love this thought that Jesus is the wounded healer. And let him begin to work in your life and begin to identify. You know what the truth is? You will never see it unless he reveals it to you. And we want the Holy Spirit to reveal those areas of wrong thinking and strongholds in our life. I love this thing, that Jesus was the expert identifier of the devil's lies. How did Jesus continually recognize the enemies? Think about Peter. Peter says, Lord, I don't believe that you should go to the cross. Now, in itself, that didn't really seem particularly something that was a lie. How did Jesus respond to that? Get thee behind me, Satan. He recognized what Peter said as the enemy's lies. He recognized the enemy's lies. Why? Because he knew the Father's voice. When you know the Father's voice, you'll always recognize the enemy's lies. I think, I think I've shared this. I think I've shared it. I, mean, I think I've shared it maybe when the care group. But I was fascinated to learn 
how they train people to recognise counterfeit notes. I kind of found this kind of fascinating. You know how they did it? They didn't train people to look at what was wrong with the notes. They trained people to recognise what was a correct note, what was a proper note. Because the more you realise what's a proper note, then you begin to recognise what's counterfeit. And I say they they don't train people what's a counterfeit note. They train people to recognise what is a true, proper note. And there's one to see. The more I begin to know the Father's voice, the more I begin to recognise the enemy's voice. If I don't truly recognise the Father's voice, I become very vulnerable to the subtlety of the enemy's lies. And the thing that protects me from that is to know the Father's voice. Jesus says, you shall know what the truth and the truth shall set you free. How can I know a lie unless I first know the truth? And that word there, know, actually means to be personally acquainted. Intimately acquainted. So the more I begin to be intimately acquainted with the truth, the more I begin to say, Satan, that's a lie. I recognise right that that's your lie, that's a lie. And you begin to counteract the lie with the truth. And I think that is such a vital thing. That it's not just fighting lies all the time, it's knowing the truth. Because the more I know the truth, It becomes a strong tower. It becomes a protection from the subtleties and the lies of the enemy. We have an enemy who is the father. Jesus says he's the father of life. He's the originator of lies. And the thing he'll come against you with often is with what? A lie. In fact, Jesus says there's no truth in him. Everything he says to you is a utter and total lie. And so what we do, we disempower the lie by knowing the truth. You say, devil, you've said I'm useless, but the truth tells me I'm a child of God. You've told me I'm unlovable, but the truth tells me that I'm accepted in the Beloved. You've told me I'm full of fear, but the truth tells me you've not given me a spirit, of, a spirit of fear, but of truth, of love, and a sound mind. So you begin to counteract all the lies of the enemy by beginning to declare truth. We align ourselves with God's truth by believing it, acting upon it, and we begin to live that truth out. I live as a child of God. I live as a person who's accepted and beloved. I live as more than a conqueror. I begin to live out the truth that's in my life. Amen. I put it in four ways. Listen to this. Here's the first thing. I identify. So I identify what the lie is. Secondly, I renounce it and say, that is a lie and I renounce it. Lord, forgive me for believing that lie. I renounce it. And thirdly, I forgive. All those who have hurt me, all those who have wronged me, all those who have have spoken wrong words and and lies into my life, I begin to forgive. And the fourth thing, which is so wonderful, I begin to exchange. 
Where, I've had, where there's been a stronghold of unbelief, I exchange it with, a, with, with faith. I begin to exchange the lie. There's an exchange taking place. You know, some people can have a stronghold, dare I say, of stinginess. There's like a stinginess there. That there's almost often through life, through, through often an orphan spirit that often been afraid to sort of, you know, if I give that, I'm going to miss out. So a stinginess can so often affect people. So I exchange a, 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 a stinginess for a generosity. I begin to be generous. I think there can be strongholds of complaining. Almost, you complain about everything. And you don't even know you're doing it. You know what I'm saying? It just becomes a natural reaction to everything. You know, if it's sunny, oh, too hot, too cold. You know, there's that kind of natural, that kind of spirit of complaining. So I begin to exchange complaining for praising. I begin to be thankful. I begin to show thankfulness in life. Even the small things, I begin to just develop and I keep continue to think. And you'll find the more that you exchange those things, when you begin to exchange the negative for a positive, that begins to transform and change life. Very quickly. Next thing is faith. Believe that Jesus can change us and deliver us. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. It's not just casual thing, but you need to receive the word of truth into the core, into the depth of your heart. Because I believe there's a word for your situation. There's a, there's a key, there's, there's, there's a key faith, a key word for whatever situation you're facing. If there's a stronghold of fear, there's a word for a stronghold of fear. Amen? If it's, if it's a stronghold of unbelief, there's a word for faith. Wherever the thing is, there's a key for your situation. I remember really having a, a real, I suppose, a, a real wrong way of thinking about my destiny. Did God really have a purpose? Something, all kinds of things that happened in our lives. I was thinking, how can God ever fulfill that promise? How can that ever, ever happen? And I, I just felt that kind of unbelief there, about destiny, about purpose, or what God was going to do in my life. And, but I remember a key that God gave me, Jeremiah 31, verse 29. The plans I have for you are not to destroy you, but to give you a hope and to give you a purpose. I tell you what, that was a, a key word of faith to me. Faith came by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Listen to this. Be reconciled to your past. Let me tell you what I mean by that. We can't change the past, but we can change the effect that event has had on your soul by changing your response to it. In other words, you begin to say, God, I'm not weak, but thank you in you I can do all things. I'm not a hopeless case, but you are for me. So I begin to change my response to things. I'll tell you a good way to, to you know, you can be an amazing encouragement to help people in life. Let me realize that. You think about it. If negative, painful words brought someone into a stronghold, there may be words that we speak to them that encourage them and bless them, maybe can have an incredible effect on them. How many believe that? You'll be amazed that when you speak words of encouragement, words that, that encourage and build destiny and purpose into someone, you'll be amazed how that can change someone's thinking. If someone kind of believes in you and, and says, look, I, I know you've got amazing business. 
Now those kind of words can actually demolish all kinds of wrong ways of thinking in someone's life. You see, I think the failed relationships, person's betrayal, all those things, can, we can carry the trauma of that. How do we get reconciled to that? I think, as I said earlier, we forgive the people. That frees us from being trapped in the bondage of yesterday. I put it this way. You know what you're doing? You're kind of unloading the cargo. You're unloading all the failure, all the stuff, all the mess of the past. You're kind of throwing it out. You're unloading it. You're, you're changing the, 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 the thoughts, the, the things that grip your mind. You're kind of changing it. And when those things begin to be lifted from your life, you'll be amazed the kind of person you could become. You think about this. I've often said this to myself at times. If that thing wasn't there, I wonder how different I would be. If that fear wasn't there, I wonder how different I would be. If that inferiority wasn't there, I wonder how different I would be. If that bitterness wasn't there, I wonder how different I would be. And that realisation of what we could be and what we could achieve, what we could fulfil in life begins to make us say, God, I really want to be this way. I don't think anybody wants to live with fear. Isn't that true? I don't think anybody wants to live with bitterness and and kind of self-hatred, all these kind of stuff, all these negative things. None of us want to live with that kind of way. We don't want to be living, complaining of everything in life. None of us want to be that why? We want to be like Jesus, is that right? And we have the ability and the potential more and more to grow in Christ by allowing the strongholds to be pulled down in life and bringing it to the cross. I'm really glad for the cross. I found this is a powerful truth. The moment you're hurt, the moment something traumatic happens in life, just to come before the cross and say, Jesus, I bring to you the pain. I bring to you the, the, the words that people said. I bring to you that trauma. I just bring it to the cross and I give it to you. I refuse to carry it, but I bring it to you. The Bible says he's carried what? Our, our griefs and he's carried our sorrows. But how can he carry it unless we give it to him? Jesus, I'm giving you my pain. I'm giving you my... I've just given it all to you. Thank you. If you carry it, why do I need to? Is that right? I'm giving it to you. And God does an amazing work by an exchange at the cross. He takes our sorrow and he gives us his joy. He takes our pain and he gives us his strength. I love it. He takes our griefs and he gives us his peace. I mean, that's the best deal you're going to see, is that right? The cross and the power of it. Strongholds are demolished by the power of the blood of Jesus. The moment the cross is applied to a stronghold, it cannot possibly survive or exist. Let's let's just come before him right now. Let's bow our heads a second. If you feel today there's maybe something today that you want to just bring before, you want to let go, you want to, you see that maybe a stronghold of things in your life today, 
I want to kind of lead you in a prayer, if I can use that term. And just spend a few moments say, Holy Spirit, is there a stronghold in my thinking right now that I need to kind of be allowed to pull down? Is there something right now I need to kind of deal with, some wrong way of thinking that I just don't want and I recognize it, I, I see today? That's you. As a prayer, I just want to pray. And I just want you to, I want to pray slowly. So you just pray today from your heart today. And I just believe as we pray this through with our hearts, that we're going to see breakthrough. We're going to see Jesus do something good and amazing in us. So you just pray this prayer after me today. I'm going to pray slowly just so you can get it. Father God, I ask you to forgive me for entertaining destructive thoughts. I hereby renounce partnership with any lie of the enemy. And I ask you to cleanse me from their effects. I hand to you these lies to you in Jesus' name. Father God, and I allow you to bring the exchange into my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Just allow that come into your heart right now. Say, Lord, I receive it right now. I receive it, I receive it, I receive it. Lord, today we thank you that you are just so amazing. And Lord, the cry of our hearts more and more is to be like Jesus. We just want to be like Jesus. And Lord, would you begin to just pull down every lie, every deception that the enemy has sown into our lives and into our hearts. And we believe today, Father, as we have renounced those lies, as we have recognized those lies today, We thank you for the truth today that sets us free. We thank you for the power of your blood. We thank you for the power of the cross that sets the captives free, that heals the brokenhearted, that opens the prison door. And so today we thank you, Father God, that you are just so full of mercy and grace. Thank you, Lord, today that those things that we can't deal with ourselves, we thank you for the power that you give to us to transform us and change us more and more into the image of Christ. And Lord, we thank you today for every stronghold that will be pulled down, every thought that we would take captive to the obedience of Christ. Because, Lord, we thank you today that you are the victor. You are the victor. You are the champion. You have won. You have defeated the enemy. And thank you today we live on the victory side today. We thank you for the victory of the cross. And we thank you, Lord, no longer do we have to live under the power and the lies of the enemy. We thank you today for the, the, the liberty that you've, and the freedom that you have brought us into by the power of the cross and the victory of the resurrection. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads, information or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceelam.co.uk.